Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I've been pondering a few episode ideas for upcoming shows and in my email came an email from a listener who said, you know, hi, can you do a show about when to show yourself and AS some grace and when to push through the pain to get shit done? And she goes on to mention that, you know, after working eight full hours at a job, she doesn't always have the energy to do something and just wants to veg out and, and relax. And, you know, I can certainly understand that as I've transitioned back into the workforce. And it makes it really, really challenging, as so many of you with obviously full-time jobs know or taking care of kids or whatever you do that takes up your day. So as I was looking around for a few items, I came across this article that I'm going to try and relate some things that I've done, and I'm going to ask you, the listener, to connect with me to tell me about some of the things you've done, because the more I think about this, the more I want to put a resource together on the website for things like apps, different products, different things that are helpful, and I want to get this all together as one conglomerate of a resource of things that people can go to to try. So with that, let's look at an article that I came across, and it is on Healthline.com, and the article is titled, Seven Ways I Adjusted to Chronic Illness and Got On With My Life. The link to it will be in the show notes below, so let's look at what this author of this article did, and I want to relate it a little bit to what I did. She goes in to talk about she was diagnosed with uh, EDS, which is a different type of chronic illness than AS, but there are many people that have both. And so this might be an interesting article for a number of folks to read. But anyway, she goes on to talk about how she spent much of 2018 in a dark emotional place, processing a lifetime of misdiagnoses and grieving some of the career and life dreams that she was forced to let go. I know a lot of you can certainly relate to that and certainly understand that as you come to grips with your diagnosis with axial spondyloarthritis, what it's done for your life up until the diagnosis, and what your fears are for going forward. I, I know many of you can re, you know, certainly relate to that. She says, I wanted a guidebook to instruct me on how to get along with my life. And while I never found that guidebook, I did slowly piece together tons of advice and strategies that worked for her. And now, though my life is indeed different from how it used to be, it is once again fulfilling, rich, and active. That alone isn't a sentence I ever thought I'd be able to write again. And that's so true for many of us with axial spondyloarthritis. We go off on these journeys of discovering what is ailing us, then finding out what's ailing us, and then finding out how to move past what is ailing us. And I, when I say move past, I don't mean that you forget about it. It's that you have to come back to some semblance of living and your only way you're going to do that is to push through, I guess, for lack of a better term, the AS diagnosis, and then find out how you have to mold and change your life as best you can around that axial spondyloarthritis diagnosis so that you can hopefully lead the richest life that you can lead. And that doesn't mean when you look at what somebody else is doing, you know, 
that if you are not able to do those things that your life is any less fulfilling. You just have to find different ways of expressing yourself. For me, I used to like to hike and all these fairly active items. I can't do them anymore. So I do this. I reach out through the podcast and talk to all of you. What are you going to do? Is it painting? Is it drawing? Is it writing? There's all sorts of activities that you might be able to pick up and do something that you always wanted to try and see if that brings you any type of joy. Number one, I didn't really, but that's okay. She goes on to say, of course it took over my life. I had so many doctors to see and tests to get done. I had so many questions, concerns, and fears. She goes on to say, give yourself permission to be lost in your diagnosis. I find that it helps to set a finite amount of time, three to six months. You're going to cry a lot. You're going to have setbacks. Accept where you're at and expect that this will be a huge adjustment. When you're ready, you can get to work on adapting your life. Well, again, that's something that we all understand. Once you get that diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis, axial spondyloarthritis, whatever you've been told, it could be years and years and years that you're going on to get that diagnosis. And once you finally do, is it the proverbial weights taken off your shoulders? I don't know. Only you can say what you felt at given time. But take time to process it. Take time to accept it as best you can. Take time to understand what you think your limitations may be. But don't set limitations. And what I mean by that is don't artificially say, well, because I have this, I can't do this, this, and this. Do what you can do. Your body will tell you what you can do. You know, just a, an episode ago or so, I had... Uh, Lisa Heron, who's looking at American Ninja Warrior. That's an extremely competitive endeavor. You may be able to compete in things of that nature, maybe not that little, maybe more, maybe less. But don't artificially go out and say, well, you know, I have AS, so I can't do this. No, let your body tell you you can't do it. Don't let your mind tell you. Body will do, in part, what your mind wills it to do. Within limitations, obviously, don't go out and try to physically hurt yourself or push through it, but push your body to where it says, okay, enough is enough. Number two, I got into a consistent routine. That's very helpful. I found that when I wasn't working, I still got up early, took a shower, made the bed, got everything ready like I was going to work, and then conquered the rest of my day. Originally, when I had first stopped working, I would kind of sit around mope until 11, 12. Next thing I knew it was 1 o'clock and the day was pretty much over unless I had a doctor's appointment that day. So don't let yourself fall into those traps. Continue a routine. Continue to get up early in the morning and take a walk. Walk around your house. Walk around your block. Walk outside. Do whatever. Go to the gym. Whatever your routines were, try to keep those up as much as possible once you have your diagnosis because it's just going to help to keep you in your best frame of mind. Uh, the author goes on to say, These days I have a morning routine and I relish each step. Cook breakfast, rinse dishes, brush teeth, wash face, sunscreen, and then, whenever I can, she, goes, she puts on some compression leggings to go for a hike. You may not be able to go for a hike. You may be able to. Again, it's doing what you can do. A set routine, she says, gets me out of bed faster and more consistently. 
even on bad days when I can't hike, I can still make breakfast and do my hygiene routine. And it helps me to feel more like a person. What could you do every day? I don't know. What small act or ritual will help you feel more human? Only you can decide that. Only you can decide what your routine is. You know, these are merely suggestions. And I really hope that you incorporate one or more of them to help set you up to be the best that you can be, to help you become the best that you can be and continue to live a rich and fulfilling life. Number three, I found doable lifestyle changes. And I can hear it already going, oh, I've heard enough about the diet, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's kind of it. You know, no, you know, as the author says, eating more veggies is not going to cure the illness. We all know that, but it might help you. It might not. Only you're going to know as you go forward with this. Lifestyle changes aren't a magic bullet, but they have the potential to improve your quality of life. And that's the big thing is your quality. With chronic illness, your health and body are a little more fragile than most. We have to be more cautious and deliberate in how we treat ourselves. With that, look at what the author calls doable lifestyle changes that work for you. Some ideas we know for axial spondyloarthritis, quit smoking, avoid hard drug use if at all possible, get lots of sleep, and find an exercise routine that you'll stick to that doesn't injure you. That's big. And one of the things is look at exercises that you can do when you're in bed. On those days when you feel like you're having a terrible flare and just the thought of getting out of bed is too much, find out some exercises that you can do while you're laying in bed. They don't have to be massive. They just have to be to get up and move a little bit or to do some type of stretching or some type of sitting up while you're in bed. Anything just to get the body moving a little bit. That little bit that you do on a day-by-day basis will really pay long-term dividends really set you up to continue to keep that mobility in your body, in your spine, in your hips, because motion really is what this disease trying to take away from you. And the more motion you do, the more you push back on the disease. Number four, I connected with my community. Well, that one is much easier to do now than it ever was in the past. And that community is going out to one of the numerous axial spondyloarthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis forums on Facebook, Reddit. There's all sorts of them out there. Connect with the folks. Connect with people that have this condition that you can be a support system for them and they can be a support system for you. You'll make great friends. You'll meet interesting people. And you'll see just a huge cross-section of how this disease affects other people. And you'll find some people that are dealing with it similar to how you are and others who have different levels of it and deal with it different ways. But it really brings everybody together as a strong community and hopefully allow you to feel so isolated or out there without any type of support system. Number five, I stepped back from online groups when I needed to. Well, wait a minute. You just said you just told me to join online groups. Now you're telling me to step back? Yes. There's times when maybe it's too much. Maybe you're having a flare, you're stressed, there's situations going on in your home life or uh, work life, whatever they might be, and you all of a sudden decide, I can't take at this point in time hearing, dealing with, listening to other people's issues with AS when I'm dealing with my own. Take that self-care time, step away, take care of yourself, get yourself in the right place because then you can come back and be even a maybe a much more stronger contributor to the community or take that person that you recognize as having a hard time and maybe communicate with them offline to say, look, step away for a little bit. 
it'll really pay long-term dividends for yourself. Understand that there are times when stepping away is not a bad thing. Just don't step away from the podcast. Please keep listening here. Number six, I set boundaries with my loved ones. Well, that can be the gamut of a spouse, kids, you know, parents, in-laws. It can be all sorts of them. Set the boundaries of when you're tired, you're tired. When you're not, you'll participate, you'll interact, and you'll know it. And if they can't accept it, you know, maybe you share some of these episodes with them and try to get them to listen to better understand. Maybe they won't. If they won't or don't, you can't control that. You have to learn to let go of that and focus on the things that you can control, which is your own health and being the best you can be. And when it comes to setting boundaries, I used to do that, not so much boundaries, but, you know, letting my kids help me with things. When my kids were real little and I had had my last hip replacement, they used to love to carry in the groceries. Now I don't know if I could get them to do it, but back then they loved it. And I would come in and they'd be putting the groceries away in the refrigerator and crumpling up the bags and it was great. Now they might not have put the groceries away, obviously, in the spots that I liked them, but I would never say that in front of them. Because just that sheer nature of helping me was amazing and awesome. And then I could adjust things later on. And plus, they were tiny. They couldn't reach the top of the fridge, all that. So just the help that they gave was great. And guess what? That was the normal for them. That wasn't anything unusual for them. So it wasn't like they felt that they were having to do extra or missing out on something. That was just part of you know going to the store to get groceries. And that, that's just one example that you can use and and understand that, you know, if you have time that you spend with your kids or a spouse or whoever, spend it in the best way you can. Maybe it's sitting in the room and you're just there reading a book or they're there with you while they read a book. You don't necessarily have to interact. It can just be the presence and knowing that somebody's there. So again, do what's best for you, but make sure that your loved ones understand that there's going to be times when you have to set boundaries and either they or you aren't going to break them. And then number seven, I asked for and accepted help. This was the hardest one for me to do. This is the one that took a person I knew to finally say, look, let somebody help you because that may be the good deed that they are wanting or needing to do for the day. And so I started letting people assist me on certain things. You know, the person that's walking by and seeing me put groceries in the car and offers to help. It takes them three to four minutes of their time to do what might take me five to ten. They're thankful. They, you know, they say, I'm glad I could help you. You know, I'm glad you were able to be assisted. Whatever they say, it's fantastic. Let them help you. It's not any lessening of who you are as a person when somebody else helps you. I found that letting people into my life that way to help with certain things really did open up and broaden my understanding, my empathy towards others as I continued to build that. So with that, I hope you can incorporate some of those steps. I'll have a link to this article. Again, I want you to go out and check out in the show notes, there'll be a link to Chronic Insights, which is the app to track pain. You might find that useful. There will also be a link to the Spondylitis Association of America, which has a whole bunch of information on it, including um, different topics that you might find of interest. And finally, this is the beginning of April. So you have one month to get set to get ready for the walk your AS off. I'll have a link to it in the show notes, as well as a link to the walk your AS off Facebook page. Basically, what it does is 
you register, you will log your steps for every day through the month of May. And it's just kind of another type of community building exercise for all of us with AS to bring awareness to it. So again, I'll have a link to the website and I can't thank you enough for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful week and I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Everyone take care.